Hello, welcome back to game week two of the FPL Masterclass. This is the brand new show where we talk about all the FPL tips, the transfers every single week. We try and give you as much wisdom as possible. Then we also try and follow our own advice, don't we, Rob, so that we are shooting up our tables. Guys, before we start, make sure that you give us a follow on at ManUnitedMC on Twitter. Give myself a follow on at Hayden underscore Rabani. And give Rob a follow on at underscore Rob underscore B. Rob, game week one. A lot of uh, interesting players got some points. Some players who we had bets on didn't. Some of your suggestions got points. And some of those suggestions weren't in your team. And some of my suggestions got points. Yeah. Um, but look, we're sitting here now. First first game week in. How are you feeling? Look, no one's going to win the, the, their league in about one week or two weeks. But it's important to get a good start. And as we always say, hit those 60-point uh, barrier. Definitely. And I think uh, this week I made the core mistake of uh, going against one of my own bits of advice, which is don't tinker. So I was happy with my team. And then I kind of listened to some of the pre-match stuff going on and people who were reportedly going to play who weren't going to play. And I got kind of cold feet about some of my 50-50 decisions. So we're going to explain that today because I think that's really important. That if we do make mistakes in the show, and it's you know, primarily me with the team, then why were those mistakes? Why did they happen? And how can you actually fix them going forward? So, but overall, Hayda, you know, first week, there was no real surprises. You know, kind of got super premium scoring points, a few of uh, budget players doing well. But I think also what you did see this week, and I was really scouring through the list when I was doing the prep for the show, is that there was no real super budget performances. Now, that's the first year ever. There was no Livramento at all. There was no kind of that quality play. Because you always look for that in game week one at the end. You go, right, so did Bournemouth play some kid that we've never heard of before and he's an amazing wing back? Nope, they didn't. So that's something to kind of um, to kind of behold as you go forward in, in the following weeks. Like you said there, Hayder, as well, about the 60-point thing that I always talk about and averaging. It, it, I always say with the first three or four weeks, what you want is a 60-point average over that. So in game week two, three, and four, if you don't do so well on game week one, like I didn't particularly do well, you can certainly fix that by bumping up your points in game weeks two, three, and four. Yeah, absolutely. And guys, before we start, make sure you join our FPL league as well. The code is BI8361. That's running across the bottom. Make sure you join. We've got loads and loads of uh, guys competing. And obviously, you're going to want to beat Rob at the end of it. Rob Allen saying here, he's going to get the answer of the show. Don't panic after just one week and don't bin your starting plan. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I think you know, that's the most important thing, tinkering as well. I felt like I was tinkering a little bit as... Uh, as I was going on, you know, I made a couple of changes here and there. Some of them I was happy with this. Some of them I shouldn't have done. But I was just trying to figure it out. You know, I actually had Andreas in and I and I bought Rashford in because I thought with Martial out. Rashford playing up front as well. That changed it for me. I wish I hadn't because United was shocking. Um, but and Andreas played well. Andreas played and really well. had a really good game and he's on set pieces, which, yeah. is, which is a big thing. So uh, I'm going to have to go back to the drawing board <clears throat> as well. But this is your draft um, that you had. And I believe you showed this on the show, didn't you, last week? Yeah. Um, so this is what you showed as your provisional team. She went with Edison in goal. Uh, Robertson, Cancelo, James and Zinchenko. Martinelli, Son, Lingard, Neto. Then Kane and Jesus with the bench of Sanchez, Alvarez, Ryan Sessegnon and Bailey. So let's talk about that a little bit because you did make a couple of changes. Um, and this was, I believe, before uh, Schmeichel had been sold. 
So then when Schmeichel got sold, I think a lot of people did go and change their keeper and bring Ward in. Yeah, so this was the this was the team that I picked for the show. So obviously the show went out on a Thursday. Um, FPL uh, deadline was the Friday, and you always get that kind of bit where you, you you hear some news and stuff, and it starts to make you think. So I think for our next slide here, it's not not so much for game week one because I made those choices, but for the actual the next slide, if we move that along. Yeah, absolutely. We can move that along. So this was my real-time decision on game week one. And what did I change? So I was always, I'm always very aware that I want some money in the bank after game week one. Not to kind of, if there's any injuries and I need to make changes, but it's so I can make a, a significant tweak if I have to make it in game week two. Now, I've learned that through experience because I've done it before. I've had game week one where I've gone, oh, my God, what's happened with my team? And I've had no money in the bank, which I think a lot of people do. But people don't tend to save money. And you go into game week two and what's happening, you're hemorrhaging points to make changes. So what did I change here? What did I kind of add into my squad? Nothing in the front three. It was a team that I told you guys about in the in our first show. Nothing particularly in midfield, still with the budget options there. I think Martinelli being the kind of most impressive one out there who did well. And at the back... Because I was still there with James, Robertson and Cancelo, always going to be my starters, it was, can I move Zichenko out at fives or do I want someone who maybe could just sit on my bench and I'll be all right with that? So I kind of went for Digne and Nico Williams. As you just said there as well, I put Ward in goal. Uh, I think, did I have, who did I have in my first one, actually? Did I go with Edison, didn't I? So uh, I made yeah, a went big, Edison and then, I made a yeah, big yeah. chunky saving there. Now, do I think Ward will get as many points as Edison? No, of course not. But Ward, if I'm in a rotation, if you have two goalkeepers, and I will be playing Sanchez in some games, should have played him against Man United, shouldn't have I? Yes. So I could have played him. He got five points or four points at Old Trafford. Um, and Ward didn't do particularly well. But I think he's going to be the starter at Leicester, but the transfer window is still open. So we might find the next two weeks that Leicester go out by a top goalkeeper. That might scupper that little plan now, but we can wait and see. Yeah, absolutely. Let's move on now, Rob, to the points. So um, you did get under the, the 60 points that you go for every single week. You did get 41 mm -hmm. Um you made a couple of changes, didn't you? You took a few players out. They they scored points, which is very frustrating. The average was fifty seven. Um, I got fifty six, so <clears throat> I was I, I was happy. I mean, look, I was I was about average. You know, I was I'm content mm -hmm. with how it went. My biggest <laughs> frustration actually is more to do with the fact that now, and we'll talk about it later. Harlan's gone up in price. Kane's gone down. I want to make that change. I I didn't have any anything in the bank. I initially did. I had about one one and a bit million in the bank. I decided to go with Rashford. So, you know, my points came from Salah as captain. And I think if anyone that captained Salah did really, really well. Um, and Cancelo got uh, me seven points, same as you. We both had Rhys James as well. Uh, Kane didn't really do that great. I had Martinelli, you had Martinelli as well. So, you know, pretty similar teams. I really think the difference between us is the fact that I had Salah and I captained him. Mm. You had Kane and you captained Kane. Yeah. And there's a comment here, Rob, from Owe saying, I got 69 and panicked and played my I just wild saw that. That what? is... <laughs> 69 is really good. What are you talking about? It's fantastic. Yeah. So you played your wild card and then that you've wasted your wild card for the whole season or up until well, January. Uh, January. Yeah. So yeah, as you said there, you played, uh, you put Salah in your team and I was saying that this might be the year that Salah doesn't deliver the numbers, but of course on game week one, he did. Had a good game, 
got the goal, obviously it helped Darwin Nunes score. Or did Darwin Nunes get that in the end? Was it given to him or was it given as an own Darwin goal? Nunes got a goal in this, I believe. No, I think it was an own goal and an assist or a goal and right. an assist. Right. But, he, so, but either way, yeah, like he, so he's for me, be a focal point. Yeah, Harry Kane, really good in his preseason, did nothing really in this game. But actually his ICT ranking shows that he played quite well in this opening match. But it does offer the dilemma that for managers, and you've just mentioned it there, that are you going to go with a Haaland for the season or a Kane? And I was explaining why you should wait on Haaland and see what Kane does. Now, we cannot judge Harry Kane after one game. We really, really can't. Harry Kane is going to score lots of goals this year. But I think what we now need to think of a little bit laterally is who will get the most points out of those super premiums over the course of a season. So a lot of people would still bet on Salah, but at 13 million, he is the highest priced player. Or will Haaland get as many points as Salah or even more at one and a half million less? Now, 100,000 is a lot of money in FPL. 1.5 million is like a golf. So it, that's a big decision for managers to make this week now as we go forward. Yeah, absolutely. I just want to say to Aura, anything above 60 is really good. <laughs> you know, getting the average 60 a week. So, um, yeah. you know, seeing people get 90, I mean, I don't know what leagues you're in, but... Uh, don't worry about that because yeah. it will average itself out. It always says you'll see people get 100 points. They'll be bragging and telling you how great they are. And then next week they'll get like 28. And it will just be the same players. It won't make any difference. Keep with your plan. Stick with it. Yeah, 100%. So... Let's just quickly touch on team of the week for game week one. Uh, so you had Mendy in goal for Chelsea. Then you had Fabian Scher, who had uh, quite quite an amazing goal, didn't he, Rob? And uh, got the clean sheet as well. So he did very, very well. <clears throat> He's joined by Kelly from Bournemouth. So, I mean, look, I don't, I can't confess to say I know much about Bournemouth this season, really. So uh, I'm wondering if, if people are going to be bringing him in. You probably know, Rob, how much he's valued that. Uh, we've got Zinchenko as well. Really good, uh, really good start. Uh, Pascal Gross scored twice at Old Trafford. Gross mm. is a funny one because you look at him, he's he's pretty reasonably priced. And we'll talk about him a bit later on. Mm. Um, but I think the thing about Gross as well is that he, he's not a prolific scorer. So, you know, I, I believe he's 5.5. Having him in your team would be an interesting one. Uh, Kulisevsky, my shout. I'm very frustrated, Rod, I didn't pick him, to be honest with you, because he was in my side. Did you sell him, him in out. the end? Took him out for Mares. Um oh. But Mares will get points. This is the thing as well. This year, I'm not panicking because... no. Um, it's it's across the the season. Who's going to get more points? Mares is going to get goals and assists, isn't he? So, yeah. so for me, and he'll go into double digits for both. So it's not massively a problem. But you know, I'm quite happy with my squad. But I'm just sitting here, and there are a couple of things. If I hadn't made any of these changes here and there, like for example, I'd kept Andreas and 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 you know, uh, don't tinker, not yeah. going Rashford. I was tinkering. I actually took per I took Perisic out for Reese James, and I was happy I'd done that. Uh, mm -hmm. So that was my right one, but I had about one and a half million in the bank, and then I took out Andreas and brought in uh, Rashford, which was a mistake. So, <laughs> so yeah, so typical United fans, eh? No, like you know, it's uh, it's very frustrating. After seeing what I saw the other day from United, I think. You know, I've got two. So, um, yeah, what do you. I think we're losing you, hey, Dade. Crack game. Uh, there's not many surprises here, really, when you're having a look at the uh, the team. 
of the week. No, there, there isn't. This is the team of the week, and not many, many surprises. We skip on to the kind of the next slide because it kind of pulls on on the back of this. When you look at that team of the week, there's no big uh, like shocking names because that's what you're looking for. You're looking for that Livramento character that isn't there. So you can kind of skip on and look more deeper into it. So obviously looking at the defenders who brought them straight up here, this is when you start to go, hmm, Shah, 4.5 million. Kelly, 4.5 million. When you're starting about padding your squad out, it's like, well, do these players have a viable long-term option? Saliba, 4.5, played really well. Man of the match for Arsenal in that game. So there are some options there at the cheaper end. You're not seeing at the very top there the super premiums. You know, where is your Alexander-Arnold? Well, he's not there, is he? But you would still have him. So this is why I'm saying don't get overly influenced. Definitely look at the information on show there, but don't go crazy because those super premiums will definitely rack up the points over, say, a three or four week period. We're saying if some people in our comments saying they're panicking, they've changed their teams and used a wild card. Do not use your wild card ever. Even if you hate your team and you've got 20 or 30 points, don't use your wild card right now. It's just way too early because you don't want to pack your team full of Kelly, Shah, then goes Zichenko, and then go Emerson Rolt. You don't want to do that because it just means that next week you'll be changing your team again. Castagna surprised me how cheap he is. I didn't realise. You know, when he first came to Premier League, he was really good. He was out yep. injured for a fair bit last season, but he got really good attacking returns. So that's an interesting one to keep an eye on. Yep. Let's look at midfielders now, Rob. And Pascal Gross at the top, Kulazewski as well. Mm -hmm. Mo Salah, who just seems to love, you know, sort of uh, opening day Premier League weekends, and he's always yep. getting returns. Jorginho got penalty, so he's an interesting option as well. He is six million though. I'm sitting here thinking, oh, would I have Jorginho or Rashford? I mean, that like that's and for Jorginho on penalties, so it's an interesting one to to think about. Uh, Jusby Hall as well. We mentioned him last week. Got some returns there. Podence, uh, Ward Prowse as well. Martinelli, Rodrigo. So look, barring Salah, none of the big names are there. Nope. Um, but some interesting options. But I think the one that stands out for me there really is Kulusevski. Yeah, totally. And I think it also shows that, as we saw with the first one, is that have your premiums. Everyone will have premiums. You'll have your own choices. But this game is not really about premiums. It's about other players. What can you do and and mix and match? So some of the players that we mentioned, so you mentioned Kulueski there. Gross is a little bit of a surprise one. But a couple of seasons ago, I think it was, he was a regular goal scorer at Brighton. He was much more, he was much more one of these players that, that, that got the ball in the in the back of the net than say last year, uh, but you said there about Jorginho obviously takes penalties for Chelsea. Will his place be affected by a potentially incoming Frankie De Jong? We won't talk about that. Um, then you have got Lerma, who's again kind of pre super budget at five million. Dewsbury Hall five million. He's definitely going to play games and minutes. But Podence did really well as well. Seems to be playing up top for Wolves. Scored a goal, 5.5 million. So there are lots of nice options here that you can include. But again, I'll just say it again. Do not be using your wild card to bring these players in because you don't like it. You'll find that a lot of your budgets and your premiums will all balance themselves out in the weeks ahead. Just make either one big move or make no moves. Yeah, 100%. I agree with that. It's still... Don't tinker, but also don't go too crazy. I, I look, it's a couple of weeks in. You still need to see the lay of the land. You know, we've seen it in years gone yeah. by, haven't we, Rob? That we've seen players um, just emerge. So I'm just looking. I know what my core players are in my team. You know, the, the Liverpool and the City players, really. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just waiting to see where I can build my squad around. 
Um, you know, like for example, last season, West Ham were the surprise ones. Jared Bowen and Antonio were two players that you had to have, uh, mm -hmm. especially Bowen. So let's move on to the forwards now. Mitch Rich had a fantastic one. We did say he didn't score very many goals last time he was here in the Premier League, but you know, two goals against Liverpool, he looked really good. He gave Van Dyke a really difficult time. Haaland was just scary, if I'm honest with you, when I was watching him play. I think he's going to score so many goals, and that's why I'm sitting here thinking I want to bring him in for Kane. Not that Kane won't, because Kane will, Kane will fire, but I don't know. Haaland, what did you say to me? Uh, you texted me saying Haaland could score you know, 15 by the first 10 games or something ridiculous like that. I think he's going to break records. Good pop. Um, yeah. Scary. Darwin came on um, and, you know, he, I believe he came on or he started. I'm not too sure, but he did came on. Uh, get, a, a, he got an assist, I think, uh, for Salah. And then, uh, you know, he was, he was okay. He's going to score goals as well. I think he is reasonably priced. Well, much more reasonably priced to say than the two uh, more expensive strikers. Uh, Tony as well. He was, a, he was a nice pick last season. I had him in for quite a while. Uh, he has gone up to 7 million though this season. Danny Welbeck scored a goal as well. Then you've got more Wilson, Vardy. Bamford is back. He's an interesting one. I don't know how to say that guy's name. Devis Shoglu. I'm going to try and say that. I believe he's Turkish by that name. And then Gabriel Jesus as well. Didn't get returns. Most selected player ever in FPL. 75%, I believe it was, which is just crazy. So when you look at the strikers there, not loads of surprises really for me, if I'm honest. No, no real surprise. I think obviously the big one is Mitrovic at the top. We talked about Mitrovic in game week one in our show. Uh, and one of the things I said about Mitrovic, why he was an appealing name this year, was not because he's a goal scorer, but because when you looked at his metrics from Fulham last year, it was his best season ever of being a team player, getting goals and assists and helping others around him, making him a more potent force, meaning that he would get more assists, he would get more man of the matches, he would get more bonus points. So what did he do against Liverpool? He goes one-on-one -on -one with Trent Alexander-Arnold at the back post, jumps above him and heads the ball in the back of the net. So great moment for Fulham fans, but 13 points on game week one, really, really good. Haaland, we'll talk about a little bit later on, because there's a big bit in the show about whether you should go with him now or not. Darwin Nunes, nine points in 35 minutes of football. That's basically what that is. So that tells you something interesting is that Darwin Nunes, even if he comes on, it's going to be a goal threat, a points getter. And if he starts games, he could really go wild. So at £9 million, I think that is a good value buy. We will talk a little bit more about him later on. But Danny Welbeck as well, really good performance at Old Trafford. If you're looking for a budget striker, 6.5, I think that you can't really go much wrong with that. And when you go down at this, I think they rescue at the bottom there, as you said, four points in six minutes. That's what he got. So th there are always going to be those kind of bottom end signings that you could still get points from, even if they're not starting. Haydar's frozen again. Are you there, Haydar? Yep. Hello, Robbie. You there? Hello. Yeah, I'm there. Yeah, you're frozen. <laughs> you, I can't you hear. The me? sound's gone, so we're going to move on. Um, and I'll let. Yeah, I can't hear you at all, mate.
you let 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 you Go on, Rob. So let's let's talk about uh, let's talk about Kane and Haaland as well. So I'm going to let you uh, jump in because I'm going to need to drop out again because my my sound's not working. But I'll let you carry on and I'll be on in a sec. Okay, Dale. Try not to mute too much or anything like that. It might be affecting you. So we'll talk about Kane and Haaland. Why are we going to talk about these two? It's pretty obvious why. So obviously, I told you guys to pick Harry Kane. I don't go against that. I still think Harry Kane long term is going to be a really really good option. 11.4 million now, so price drop. That's not a great sign. It doesn't really help you if you've got no money in the bank and you would want Haaland. So I watched Haaland play on Sunday night and I wanted to see two or three certain things from him. Now, I got, now he scores goals. Of course, I know this. But what was he, what was he going to be like in City's team play? And that was a bit that really impressed me is that he joined the dots. He was, re he was right in the middle of things on the edge of the box. And getting involved a lot more now. We did anticipate that because it's a Guardiola team. But now we've seen it. Now, Haaland said before, you know, I need to do a lot more of everything else. Now, he does a lot more of everything else and still scores the goals that we know he can score. He's going to probably be the most dangerous player in FPL. It gives people a choice between Haaland and Salah long term. You know, all these premiums. There's only really kind of four or five premiums worth their salt. We've not even talked about the likes of Kevin De Bruyne yet going forward. We'll talk about them in future weeks. But I think now for you, for for managers, you need to decide whether you go for Haaland now with Bournemouth upcoming. Could be a huge score for City, especially the way that they're playing. Um, or do you stick with Kane? So if you want to stick with Kane, stick with him, go with it. But what I ended up doing was the price rises normally go up at, I think it's Monday at midnight. So before that, I jumped in and I sold Harry Kane for Haaland at the same price, both at 11.5. If you didn't do that at that point, you're now there's now £200,000 gap between the two. So FPL do that deliberately so people can't just change, chop and change game to game. They know that people kind of max out their budgets. Now, I have got some money left, but I want to reuse that at another time. Hopefully, Haydar will be able to drop, jump back in here soon so we can continue the conversation on it. But the other side of the coin here now is Salah. So Salah at 13 million is the most expensive player in FPL. He's that price for a reason. Um, he's the super, super premium. And why is that? It's because he always gets points. So this year, I still debate whether he will get all the goals like he did before with Mane or is this going to be a year where the goals are spread out between him as more of a decoy, Darwin, Jota and uh, and Luis Diaz? And you did see in that first game, Luis Diaz had, was involved in a lot of the play. He only got two points in the end, but was was constantly involved and uh, and was able to kind of have a, a big impact on the football match. And you can see in weeks ahead, Jota obviously was injured. He wasn't in the, in, in the game, but he is also going to be a player that's just part of that that circle of Liverpool four forwards. And I do think that the, the, just it might get a bigger spread this year of where the goals go. And that might hurt Salah's number, numbers. And at 13 million, I don't want a player whose numbers are hurt. I want somebody who's a little bit more stonewall. So I actually think Harry Kane is probably still a better option than Salah just today because of the price ranges. So um, I think Hayda's trying to go through the slides as we talk as well. So... Um, he's kind of just jumping through here. I think he's coming back. Yeah, Rob, I'm back. Okay. Um, Streamyard's, Streamyard's been 
playing up a lot uh, recently, guys. So I really do apologize. Uh, but I am here. I'm here on, on my phone again. So, Rob, um, let's talk. So I heard you talking about Salah here. Um, so that will do, yeah. Yeah. Are you tempted by Salah at all? Because I'm just still sitting here shaking my head thinking, how have you not gone for for Salah at all? Um, no, I've, I've just I've just explained why, why I haven't gone for Salah because we did it with the Kane bit. But I think with Salah, uh, look, you can't go wrong with Salah in terms of what he does. But at 13 million, are you going to go for Haaland at one and a half million pound less? Yes, I think this year. So this is what I'm talking about. Salah is still going to get numbers. He's not not going to get numbers. He just might not get the same numbers. So there'll be a difference. Salah got in excess of 200 points last year. I think Sun got around the 200 point mark. It's very, very close. But there's a million pound difference between those two players and about 10 points. So Salah's not the nail, nailed on compared to the others that that people say he just isn't he will still get lots of points but can you take those one and two million pounds bank them and use them elsewhere one of the concerns of spurs i know we've got son up here one of the concerns of spurs is that they went and scored four the other day and uh son got some returns but kane didn't get any so that that's a concern that they've now got they've got match winners across the pitch there's other sources of goals and assists uh so that's why i'm looking at spurs and thinking right as a team you know they've got a lot more options but you could have a situation where maybe Son and Kane aren't getting on the on the scoreboard, and they, they are expensive. They are expensive, but I do think with Son and like well, I just said this with Liverpool as well. Liverpool have got kind of four forwards now that might share the goals. Uh, Tottenham are the same with that with Son and you. You now look at Kane, Richarlison. They've got players there. We talked. About, we haven't talked about Kulovsky too much, but we said obviously him being a big tip at kind of eight point one million now. So they're also that kind of team where they might share it, but I still think that Son is going to just be a prolific goal scorer and a sister, and will get points. And he's twelve million, not thirteen million. So it's very close between those two players. The two slides, uh, two players we just had on that previous slide, but. Ultimately, it's just a choice. If people want to build their team around Salah, great. But it does mean that you might have to forego someone in the mid-range and go with a budget player when you could go with someone who's maybe six or seven million. You'll be going with someone that's five or six. Yeah, that makes sense. Let's move on now to Mitrovic. Uh, we touched him already a little bit, but uh, third in the ICT rankings, really good performance. He's now gone up to 13.9% in terms of uh, people owning him. Is he worth the punt now? He's gone up in the price rise as well to 6.6. Um, I liked what I saw. Fulham were really brave. They played some really um, progressive attacking football. I think he's going to get goals. Andres looks like a creative force for him. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. But would you be taking a punt on Mitrovic? No, not yet. Because it's one game week and he did do really well. And as I explained, his metrics from last year for Fulham have improved and say that he could be a good buy at 6.6. But we have seen Mitrovic score on game week one in the past when I've put him in my team and gone, wasn't I clever bringing up that striker from the championship? And then he went eight weeks of outscoring. So let's wait and see. I still think at 6.6, really good value. So looking at the ICT rankings don't mean too much in game week one, but let's look at them. ICT index ranking a third overall. 
Number one for influence. That's what we just talked about, didn't we? We just said about Mitrovic's overall influence on the game now has improved. That's not something I would have expected to see on game week one when you've got all these big hitters still there, even if they're not scoring points. You'd expect them still to have the real influence. Mitrovic is going to help Fulham pop this year, but it's also about what's around him, isn't it, Haydar? So, like, you know, other team, if other Fulham players do not score points, then Mitrovic won't get assists. That's just the way it goes. But I do like him. I think at 6.6, he's a wait and see. Stick him on your watch list. We're going to show you very soon my own personal watch list, and that will explain the players that I'm looking at going forward. But, uh, but yeah, good player, but just wait and see. Zinchenko, Rob. Uh, a player that I was really toying with the idea of bringing in. Um, look, he's owned by a lot of people now, 23.2%. So he's gone up there. Really good performance, playing as a defender as well. I, I'm just really intrigued to see whether he'll move into midfield at some stage when Kiantini is back. We spoke about that off air. But uh, look, 5.1 as well. He's still really reasonable. And he can give quality, he can give assists, You know, he can, he can score. So I think he's a really smart option. He's definitely one I'm considering at the minute. Well, he started at full-back for this game. He talked about Kieran Tierney. That, that is a consideration. But I actually think for this player, it doesn't really matter. He's, a, he's classified as a defender. So when Arsenal get clean sheets, he gets that big six, and you're happy with that. But this is going to be a progressive player. And that's what happened in this game. Now, ironically, I was watching him. So he was in my draft team, Zijenko, and I took him out because I was looking at the balance. I was thinking he didn't play much in preseason. Will he start the game? So I needed to see that. So I took him out and I put Digne in. And Digne was only on my bench anyway, so I didn't feel like it was any big loss. Um, but in the game for Arsenal, he gets he's part of the set piece that gets him his assist. And that was something that really interested me because that's something Arsenal are working on, is that Zuchenko being a provider. Now, we know at Man City he could be a provider, but he just ended up being more of a functional player. And I think we showed in game week one that when you looked at his influence for a player that didn't play a lot for Man City, he was like 30th in the Premier League, which is sensational because you might have only played 20-odd games. So he didn't have all those numbers accumulated. So... Again, looking at uh, the ICT rankings, won't pay too much attention to them. Six overall, fifth for influence. I think he's going to be a top 20 player, top 10 player in influence this year. That means goals, that means assists, that means bonus points. 5.1, I think if you're looking for a defender at that value, and again, unfortunately, if you've only got 5 million to play with, you're too late. The 5.1 is here. He might be a guy that you put on your watch list and you watch. Don't waste money getting him in yet because we need to see what he does in weeks ahead. But I think he's going to have a sensational season. Yeah, I agree. He's definitely worth the punt, I think. He's one of those players that is worth it as well. Uh, the next player, Rob. Um, Kulovsky. My screen has paused at the minute. It looks like it's Kulovsky, which is going to be a really interesting option, I think. And I'm just sitting here still pulling my hair out massively at the minute uh, because... I had him in my team and I thought, you know, he's going to perform and he was he was sensational. You can see he got 13 points. I still don't agree with, uh, I know we spoke out last week, you think Richarlison will start. I just don't see how you can bat, uh, how you can drop Kulazewski. And the other thing to add with Kulazewski, I think, is he offers something different. He can score, but he's got very good end product. He's going to get assists. Uh, you can see with his influence, you know, he's two and he's fourth overall in the ICT rankings. So really good performance. But again, look, 8.1, he's got up in price rise as well. So that's a problem for me because I've lost money on Kane, a value on Kane, and I've got Morris. So I'm in a little bit of a conundrum. You should have stuck with Kulaveski, shouldn't you? Don't You shouldn't have listened to me. But uh, overall, I think 8.1 million, he is right at the top end of that mid scale. And that's a problem. So... 
if he plays every game and gets his points returns, he's going to be great value at 8.1. If he starts getting rotated in two weeks with Richarlison, which I think is what will happen, if Richarlison has really good form, Kulaveski is going to be coming on for 20 minutes a game. That is a problem for a player at 8.1 million. So you've got the price rise this week. He had a brilliant game. He played so, so well. Uh, goal and assist involved in everything that was good for Tottenham and kind of took that pressure away from Kane. You know, we talked about Kane being a guy who's in there. He gets goals and assists himself. Kudovetsky showed that he can still do that. Still very young player as well. But that's also why I think he'll be rotated. I think he's still 22. And at 22, he's a star of this team and a future star. Someone was saying to me the other day, you know, he could become world-class. And I was like, yeah, totally. He could go that way. But I do also think that he won't play every game. So 8.1, it's a big no for me at the moment. Interesting. Um, Pascal Gross, we spoke about him a little bit at the beginning. He's obviously the top scoring midfielder at the minute, Rob. Um, would you be taking a punt on him at five and a half million? Yeah, if we could uh, bring the uh, uh, bring the slide up. I, I We talk about punts. No, I don't do punts. So don't, no punts. We're not doing punts in anything. We're squad building. So Pascal Gross, let's talk a little bit about him. Obviously did very well at Old Trafford. Typical as we're Man United fans, we're not very happy with that. Um, but I think as a player with Gross, um, at 5.5, he showed in previous years that he can be a goal scorer. It's not something we've seen recently. But he's a decent budget option. Stick him on your watch list and just see what he does for Brighton this year. Again, I think Brighton have had some one or two core changes to their starting eleven. It may mean that Gross, who kind of did go back to the bench last year a little bit, he might be a starter again. And there's no doubt that because he scored these goals at Old Trafford, that his manager is going to say, right, I'm going to go with you and stick you in the team. A progressive player, a creative player, number one for influence. Uh, for the first weekend of the season, it shows ownership only 3%. So he is one of those differentials. We talk about that. We'll talk about that word a lot in the weeks ahead. Keep your eye on gross, but again, no punts. Yeah, no, that makes sense. No, he's definitely one, like you said, a couple of years ago, he was uh, a great option. So just one to keep an eye on, really. Uh, Everyone's favourite budget player two or three years ago. Yeah. Everyone had gross. He was just like, he was flying. I think he got like... Something I remember in Ronnie had like six goals in 10 games, and people were like, Oh my god, he's the cheapest player yeah, going, go get him. Yeah, absolutely. Darwin Nunez, Rob. Um, mm. interesting one. I think look, he's gonna score goals, and you look at the form as well. Obviously, he's got nine points, and he's only owned by 24, mm -hmm. which is actually not a lot when you think about Jesus, who's owned by nearly 75, and he's only mm -hmm. one million uh cheaper. You know, Darwin Nunez. Is going to score. I think he's going to score a lot of goals. I mean, is that him first in the ICT rank index as well? He's only on for a little while, so he's an interesting one. I still probably not going to bring him in at this stage. I need to see a little bit more in terms of a sample size. But uh, nine million, and you're comparing that to maybe like Kane, Haaland's a must. But let's say Harry Kane, who's another three million more, three and a half million more expensive than him. He's actually very good value for money. Yeah, he had the best penalty box XG on the first weekend of the season over any player, and he didn't even start. So that's crazy. That is really crazy. He, he kind of finished at the top of the XG charts on day one. So that's why he's number one in the ICT index. 
Uh, obviously, XG is not part of the calculation here, but the bonus point system is. Uh, £9 million, you said there, you know, why do people own Jesus over him? Where's that £1 million? It's a lot of money. I said in FPL, £100,000, £200,000 is a lot of money. You've got to look after those pennies to save the pounds. And I think with Darwin Nunes, like Haaland, everyone needed to see week one. We need to see what he did. So he came off the bench and I think he showed that whether he plays 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, whatever in a game, doesn't need to start to be a scorer. He is a stone cold finisher. And Liverpool wanted that this year. Losing Mane's goals meant that they need to find goals with the other three forwards. He's been brought in to do that. I thought he dovetailed really well with Salah. I liked the way they played. Salah came a little bit more narrow. Sometimes they went two up together, which I thought was quite interesting. Haven't seen that from Liverpool before. But Nunes overall just dominated the kind of centre spot. He just he did really well in that middle area. He was a threat all the time. He's a he's a big strong lad. Um, he can do some of the more physical work. But definitely a guy you've got to watch now. At nine million, he's too cheap at nine million. And I use that word. Infrequently on FPL, when we talk about premiums, nine million for a Liverpool centre forward is cheap. Jota, I think, is also nine million, but we haven't seen yet. Jota still might be the better long term option. But Nunes, yeah, you've got to kind of watch this guy because I think he is going to start games, going to become the de facto centre forward. I just I get a feeling about him just against Liverpool, just so free scoring that he's just going to get so much service. That almost feels like he can't not score. I think as well, Rob, about uh, Nunez is I do think as a player, you know, he is actually he's not the most graceful, um, but I no. think he's going to be effective, and I think that's the point. So sometimes you've got to look past maybe like oh maybe his control for first touch isn't so great, but he's going to score goals and they create a lot of chances. And they haven't had a traditional number number nine for a very long time. I'm just trying to think. Firmino was obviously before Jota, and then Mane played last season, so. A traditional number nine for them. City are probably similar as well in sense of when they got Haaland. So it's going to be interesting. I think they're going to be very big focal points for these for these two teams, probably the two best teams in the league. So um, it'll be interesting to see. Ryan Sessegnon, you took him out. You must be absolutely seething about that because, you know, that was your big, that was actually your big sort of um, advice to me, wasn't it? You know, Sessegnon 4.5, Perisic 5.5. Sessegnon started instead of Perisic. I do think as the season goes on, Perisic will, and I expect him to get some good returns, but at 4.5 million, Sessegnon was an absolute steal. Yeah, he was one of my budget tips, and it was because of pre-season, where Sessegnon had played every game, scored goals, looked really, really good, and Perisic at 5.5 was was 1 million more expensive and probably wasn't going to play or have impact, and that's kind of what happened. And I listened to you, Haydar, I think, too much, where you were going, oh, Perisic, Perisic, Perisic. And I went, oh, Session will even play. But Session, I mean, going forward, still a budget of 4.5. Stick him on your bench. If he doesn't play, it doesn't matter, does it? 4.5 is right at the bottom end of the scale, almost 4 to 4.5. Perisic might get more points long term, but I would not be investing in Perisic at this stage at all because I do think that there's going to be that rotation between those two players. Rob, your watch list. So something yes. different this year that we didn't do as much last year. Um, but you're having a look here now and you've got a couple of defenders there. So we'll go through the defenders and midfielders. We've got that up on screen. So you've got Chilwell there, who's on your list, Castagna and Target. Uh, and then you've got in the midfield, you've got Kulazewski, Juicy Hall, Saka, Harrison, Odegaard, Kante, Grealish and Foden. So talk me through some of those options. 
Yeah, so this is just a watch list of the first half of it, defenders and midfielders. We're not talking about goalkeepers this week, guys, because I think when you look at the goalkeeper numbers, there's no real value anywhere at the moment. You've just got to kind of go with what you're going with. And we'll talk about goalkeepers in the weeks ahead if there's any changes or someone comes into form. You know, we talked about Ward. He's a great form one at the moment at four million, but tomorrow, if Leicester buy a new goalkeeper, probably be moving Ward on very quickly. But my watch list here for defenders and midfielders. I think here looking at Chilwell, we're seeing now that Marcus Alonso has left, uh, was about to leave Chelsea. He's on his way to Barcelona, of course, because uh, they buy everyone. Um, and I think when you look at Chilwell, he started that game. I think at six million, he's definitely worth a watch. Castagna uh, was in my very, very first, first, first draft that I did a couple of weeks ago. Because again, I just remember how good he was when he was fit. This year, he's fit. He's 4.5 million. Got eight points. Yay. Brilliant. Target as well. Someone, again, that I used to have in my team loads. Went to Aston Villa. Didn't do well. I had to sell him. Villa did sell him. He's gone to Newcastle. Again, a starting fullback. We're just going down the list of the midfielders and we'll zip through it. Talked about Kulawski, of course. Jewsbury Hall was one of our tips in game week one. Five million pound. He is going to start pretty much every game, I think, this year for Leicester. I think it's a really good budget buy. Saka did well. Harrison did well. Odegaard, I think, is someone that you need to watch at 6.5, but Arsenal have got so many good midfield options. And then there's those players around the fringes. They're like Kante's interesting, isn't he, at five? He's a player that you wouldn't normally buy. He only got three points. It was just really a bonus point eventually. At the bottom there, two Man City people, Grealish and Foden. You need to watch those guys because they might be the two that really pair up with Haaland in the weeks ahead. Most likely, yeah. I would say that those two. Um, yeah, uh, see, it will be different this year. There'll be a bit more. I think they'll be playing a lot more balls into the box, and Holland's movement is ex- ex- exceptional. I mean, some of his movement, obviously, for that penalty as well. He's just. I think so game week one. I th- sorry, just to jump in. I think game week one showed with Haaland is that City are not going to change. City are going to carry on playing the same football. Haaland will change. And I think that's the thing with Grealish being in the team more. Foden's in and out of the team anyway. It's just which of those midfielders will blend with him chemically. Who's going to be the chemistry link there in that midfield? It could be De Bruyne. But De Bruyne's more expensive. We'll talk about De Bruyne. I said at the top of the show, Haydar, uh, when you jumped out, that De Bruyne might be someone that in two, three weeks' time we're going... You've got to have De Bruyne because of Haaland. But those two yeah, guys yeah, are on my true. watch list because at 7 million, they're cheap enough to watch and say, yeah, do you know what? If they're the guys feeding Haaland and feeding off Haaland, if Haaland's laying those balls off and getting a few assists, they might end up being a nice little tiny partnership. There. A little bit like last year where Bernardo Silva came in and was the guy at the top and scoring goals. And people were like, how much value at 7 million? And in years gone by with City, we've seen it with Gundogan. Gundogan was that player, scored, what, 17, 18 goals one season because he was doing that linking. So I don't think City will change. I think Haaland will change. And I think these players will adapt into a system that is that they're very familiar with. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. We might be pairing them both up, De Bruyne and Haaland. They could be scoring multiple goals and assists every single week. Um, Rob, we've touched on the strikers. So uh, anything here that you want to say before we do the team reveal? No, not really. I think Wilson, again, was in my first, first draft. I was annoyed when he scored 7.5 million. I think he's still incredible value. But also one to watch there is Patrick Bamford. So we know that Bamford was uh, a couple of years ago, one of the automatic FPL picks when he was fit. And that's what you've always got to remember. Sometimes these players are coming back off a season where they've not been completely fit and obviously dropped off the radar for FPL. So I think with Bamford, if Leeds have any kind of renaissance this year, Patrick Bamford will be leading that renaissance. 
Yeah, he's interesting, but uh, seven and a half million is quite expensive. Yeah. Rob, final segment of the show. Let's talk about your squad. Um, so, team reveal. Yeah, the team reveal. So we have Sanchez in goal. We have Robertson, Cancelo, James, and Lucadinha. We have Martinelli, Son, Lingard, Neto, Haaland, and Jesus. So you made that sub. You made that transfer. Sorry, with with Kane. Mm-hmm. And then the bench, you have Ward, Alvarez, uh, Bailey, and Nico Williams. So. Yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit. What are some of the changes you've made? What is the reason behind it? And are you happy with, most important, are you happy with what the team you've got right now? Very happy. Very, very happy. And I think it's it's one transfer and a transfer that's like for like, I've not lost a penny or spent any money. So what did I change? Of course, the obvious one there is Haaland. We spoke about him loads in this show for Kane. I still think that uh, people that missed out and kept Kane and didn't buy Haaland this week, it's not obviously a disaster at all. Harry Kane could do really well. But I think Kane playing Chelsea does limit maybe his options. Now, he has actually, I think, got quite a good record against Chelsea and could be very influential. But I still think that Haaland going forward, playing Bournemouth at home, when I watched what Man City did on game week one, it just made me think, I've got to have him in. So people know that I had Concello game week one and Alvarez, they were my City players. And the reason why I left City players and Liverpool players out is I want to see which ones are playing. That's just important because it means I can go three players. So now I've got three City players and it means that if I do want a Grealish in weeks ahead or I do want a Foden, then I'll be selling Alvarez, who is my cheaper option, and I'll be able to pair him up, get rid and bring in one of those other players who are still only around 7 million. Only 0.5 more than Alvarez. So it's not a huge jump. I've got money in the bank. But for the rest of my team, yeah, I'm happy. Robertson's a premium. Cancelo's a premium. James is a premium. Both Cancelo and James brought back returns from me last week. Digne coming in because he's an attacking fullback. And I think that after Villa having a bit of a shocker of game week one, that they should be a better team in game week two, certainly against the poor Everton side. I've stuck with Neto and Lingard. I watched Jesse Lingard in game week one very closely and I was not impressed. I thought he was poor. So for me, in my watch list in my mind of players I might get rid of, might well be Jesse Lingard, but let's do a wait and see there. Neto played really well, even though he didn't get a return. Um, Son and Martinelli did get returns. Martinelli, really good. Goal, scored a goal, and I think at 6 million, just complete bargain, but he's now 6.1 million. So Harlan and Jesus, Jesus didn't score, but he's still my vice captain against Leicester. I might change my vice as I go forward. I might, I might end up choosing one of the defenders. So for instance, I think uh, Cancelo at Bournemouth, I'm expected to get a clean sheet against Bournemouth at the Etihad. He might be my vice captain for the week ahead. But that's going to be much no changes in that. Now I'm not going to listen to any team news. There's going to be uh, tomorrow the presses go out. And of course, if someone says, you know, someone's injured, I'm just going to have to swallow it because I've done my transfer. And I would always say to people, don't do that. Don't not listen to the presser and change it. But I just think Haaland, long-term, now that I've seen one week of, of, of Erling Haaland, I can't not. I can't not. Because I just think he's going to score a stupid amount of goals. He wasn't even really trying in that last game. And he could have scored a hat-trick with his eyes closed. And I feel that that's going to be Haaland's career this year at Man City. I think he's just going to... There'll be games where he doesn't play well and gets hat-tricks. And it'll be like, ooh. So I've made that switch before. It's early in the season. 
if there's a mistake there, I can still make points back up elsewhere. But I'm very happy with that squad. I think that squad works for me and my three, three substitutes work really well. One thing I might change just as I stop waffling is that I might end up dropping Jesse Lingard to the bench, potentially just before, and bring Alvarez in. Because I get a feeling he might start. I think we might see Harlan and Alvarez for the very first time play together. And Alvarez is a very, very tricky, clever forward who can play in wider areas. And he will get goals and assists, I'm sure of it this year. But he might be the guy I sacrifice if I bring in Foden or Grealish in, say, game week three or four. Yeah, Alvarez and Harlan together could be could be potentially devastating. Guys, thank you very much for joining us today. And that is a wrap. Make sure you give us following at Man United MC. Tweet Rob your teams as well. He'll uh, he'll definitely give his comments and uh, we'll try and get to as many of them as possible. Don't tinker as always, guys. Uh, make sure you give him a follow on at, under, uh, under, at underscore Rob underscore B. Give myself follow on at Hayden underscore Rabani. Thank you very much for listening. Good luck for this game week and we'll see you all next time.